I love the customers you hate, the ones who don't pay their bills, who ignore past due notices and dodge phone calls. Hi, I'm Melissa Nash from Checkmark Collections. Do you have these kinds of customers? I'd love to have them. My job is to collect past due money for you, and if I don't recover, you pay nothing. With Checkmark, you've got nothing to lose except your bad debt. Visit CheckmarkCollections.com and start getting paid today. The mainstream stories of the day without the mainstream lies. The top three takeaways. This is the Brian Mudd Show. Hey there. Happy Friday. What an interesting day yesterday was. Just weird in a lot of ways, too. A lot of oddities going on. Lots of oddities. All right. uh, so, So we dive into my takeaways today. We are going to talk about being beware of the Bahamas and Trump prosecutors beware generally. My top takeaway for you today, be careful what you wish for. A political witch hunt may come back to bite you. A political witch hunt may come back to bite you. 2023's rush to indict Trump by factions and political interests near and far appears to be on the verge of politically and in some instances personally backfiring big time. The irony of ironies is that two of them came closer to a head yesterday in the form of major developments in the two cases brought against the former and perhaps future president of the United States in New York and Georgia. And while the news may not have been portrayed quite this way, that it was just all pointing in one direction for the former president, there was a great deal of good news for Team Trump rendered yesterday. First in New York, where the judge in that case refused the Trump team's motion and finalized a trial start of March 25th. That was the date that uh, had only previously been penciled in. Now, you might be wondering how that could be good news for Trump. After all, it would theoretically have been better if the case were just dismissed, right? The answer to that question isn't as straightforward as it appears. If we're talking about legal matters purely in a legal context, then that would be correct. But we're not. We're talking about legal matters in the context of a presidential election. Between now and November, the court that matters most to Donald Trump is actually the court of public opinion. If Donald Trump is elected president of the United States, the potential legal jeopardy he faces mitigates, and in the context of the federal cases, is eliminated. He's pardoned himself there. That means that whatever is best for Trump politically is also best for Trump legally. This is something that is not really discussed in all these machinations. What's best for Trump politically is best for Trump legally. That's why, by the way, a lot of these times when he has not needed to show up at these trials, he's done it. It's not because he's bored. And the single best thing that can happen politically in the courtroom for Trump this year is what can be achieved in New York this year. That one in particular is the bullseye winner for Donald Trump. 
The desire and the intention of prosecutors and these Trump cases was always for Jack Smith's January 6th case to go first. That's the case that is potentially the most damaging in the court of public opinion to the former president. It's the case that carries the most legal jeopardy as it's to be held in Washington, D.C., a location where Donald Trump won only 5% of the vote in 2020. For many months, that trial had been rescheduled. I should say scheduled to start March 4th. However, the recent indefinite postponement of that trial pending the outcome of Trump's presidential immunity challenge before the court means that at the soonest start date for that trial could be rescheduled. You're talking about, I mean, a couple months away if everything were expedited. And it's probably going to be a bit longer, again, at the early end of the curve. So enter the Stormy Daniels hush money case. This is my second takeaway today. The case in which if tried first, there is no losing for Trump. There is no way that Trump loses the Stormy Daniels hush money case. I'll explain. What Trump's being tried for literally was out there prior to the 2016 presidential election, right? It obviously did not hurt him politically then. Just as was the case last year with the series of indictments, the public interest in these matters is highest win. It's highest with whatever comes first, right? When the first trial to be brought against Trump is stormy freaking Daniels hush money. Again, there is no losing here for Trump. If he wins the case, he's vindicated. And he'll highlight everything he's been put through for a political witch hunt. If he loses, aside from making an appeal on the basis that the statute of limitations had already run on these charges, which it obviously had. I mean, this entire thing is a sham. He'll claim it's a political witch hunt and election interference, using it to cast a shadow over other potentially more relevant cases to come. A conviction in that case, which the American public at large didn't care about eight years ago, most certainly does not care about today. I'm not talking about the people that sit there drooling, watching MSNBC all day, going, but Marty Joe. And, and going, ooh, Orangeman, mean tweets, give me Biden. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not talking about the drillers. And, and that was a guy right there, by the way. It wasn't a woman. That was a guy that was identified. I'm not talking, it's those people, okay? Those are the only people who sit there. And so then you, you kind of, have the context for this. A conviction in, in that case, in the Story Daniels case, would potentially mitigate the, the extent of any potential negative impact of, say, a January 6th case conviction if that were to occur. And that takes us to what happened yesterday in Georgia. Holy crap. I spent most of my day on this yesterday. <laughs> I mean to tell you. If you ever thought that you had to be a whiz-bang scientist to, to pass the bar, if you ever wanted to know how dumb a human being could be and be an attorney, let alone elected a DA, all you needed to do was watch what happened in that Fulton County Courthouse yesterday. Holy crap. 
Yeah, it was a bad day. <laughs> this isn't putting it mildly. It was a bad day for Fulton County DA Fannie Willis yesterday. No, she wasn't on trial. Yes, whether she's going to be able to go to trial against Trump and company in the cases she brought was. And what was testified to in the courtroom was devastating. Not not good, not bad, devastating for Willis. As her former close friend testified to having known of Willis being romantically involved with the prosecutor, she hired to try the Trump case for above market rates as far back as 2019. And Nathan Wade, the prosecutor in question, tried as he might to avoid giving direct answers, but in the end testified to having documentation for extensive personal travel with D.A. Willis, though he claims he was paid back in cash. Always paid back in cash. Maybe by cash he just means... Maybe that's, she always said, I always carry cash on me. Maybe that's what, anyway, here's the irony. Not only is the entire Fulton County case in jeopardy of going away, so too could be Willis herself at the end of all this. When she took the stand yesterday, If anybody questioned her prosecutorial judgment, all you needed to do was see her decision to go take the stand yesterday. (laughs) She wanted this trial to try to make her mark politically as being the DA who took Trump down. In the end, she might just lose her, might not just lose her case, but potentially her job and maybe even her freedom. She got what she wanted with her Trump trial. And it just might take her down and Nathan Wade, too. Because their testimony yesterday, both of them, self-incriminating. Be careful what you wish for. By the way, my takeaway from yesterday, there is more legal jeopardy for Willis and Wade than there is for Donald Trump in that case in Atlanta. Their takeaway is beware of the Bahamas. Following the horrific drugging and raping of two mothers from Kentucky at Pirates Cove in Freeport recently, while on an excursion offered through Carnival, Carnival Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean have now advised passengers to stay on the ship while in port on Grand Bahama or Nassau. And I would say it's better late than never, except that wouldn't be true if the two women brutalized at Pirates Cove. Now, notably, it was only on January 26th when the U.S. Embassy and Nassau put out an enhanced security warning for Americans traveling to the Bahamas. The State Department had raised the travel advisory to a level two warning, which means exercise increased caution. This following rising violence and lawlessness monitored in the islands. In response to the advisory, Carnival at the time said this. We are aware of the advisory from the U.S. Embassy in Nassau. As part of our regular safety and security protocols, we are routinely monitoring the local destinations our ships visit, relying on government and law enforcement expertise. And yet there was no change in the communication to passengers cruising with them until after two of their passengers had become victims. The State Department hasn't changed their guidance. Only the cruise lines. Beware of the Bahamas, especially Grand Bahama and Nassau. And it's a reminder that it's wise to check the State Department's guidance on all of this rather than relying on the 
company that you're paying to take it at some place.